Finnish Football Show today welcomes a Finnish legend, known to most for his appearances in the English and Scottish Premier Leagues. He also has over 100 Veikaus Liga appearances to his name. A regular between the sticks for the Finland national team for a decade, it gives us great pleasure to welcome to the show, Antti Niemi. Tervetuloa, Antti. Thank you. Kiitos. So, um, Antti, as I summarised there, you're very well known to fans in England and Scotland for your time in um, the Premier League and Scottish Premier League. But before that, you had uh, many, many games in Helsinki for Hoi Kor. So um, how, does a, how does a young guy from Oulu end up going down to Helsinki and, and playing in Veikaus League? I think I'm right in saying you were maybe 19 years old when you headed down to Helsinki? Yeah, it's a, it's a, you have to remember that this is time before the Bosman rules. And uh, I was playing, I was only 16 when I was playing for second division in Finland, in a, in a northern group, it was called. And that was quite a decent league for, for 15, 16 year old guy. And uh, I was playing through the under, under 16, under 17s, under 18s national team at the time I was the number one. And uh, we, in all, we had a, a, a club or, or a team who was playing in the in Veikkaus Liga. I, I don't think it was called Veikkaus Liga at the time, but this is back in 1990 and uh, but anyway at the highest level and uh, the, the problem was that uh, if I wanted to play in a Veikkaus Liga somebody would have to pay I think it was 150,000 Finnish marks at the time to buy the rights because like I said this is before the Bosman rules and uh, me and Mika Nurmela who's currently with us in, in the national team as a coach and a good friend of mine who played abroad as well had a great career uh, we decided as a young guy that uh, we go to another second division club in Rauma, which is in western part of Finland. And we made a deal that they can only ask 50,000 marks if we join a bigger club. So that was the reason why we moved from second division club to another second division club in a, into a town that we knew nothing about and you know didn't know what to expect. But great experience anyway, because me and Mika, we lived together uh, just the two of us young guys so many many stories which is probably not wise to share here but uh, <laughs> uh, it paid out because Mika went to FC Haka who was a very decent team in, in Finland at the time and I went to Hojiko and uh, the first season I was at Hojiko I was going to the is it high school or whatever it's called and uh, I was kind of a second or third choice so I, was, I only played I think one game in Vegas Liga my first year in Helsinki, but the year 92, uh, that was a jackpot. We won the league and I was voted the best player in the league. And it kind of like all kicked off from there back in 92. Mm-hmm. Interesting for a goalkeeper to be voted the, the best player in the in the entire league. Yeah. It was either that I was really good or the, the league was really poor. I don't know. <laughs> or your defence <laughs> was really poor. <laughs> I, I would like to believe that I no no no. I think it's because we won the league and uh, and uh, we had a lot of good players. So you have to pick one from the champions. So I was and also I was playing for under twenty ones at the time, and I had some decent games for them as well. So I think it was kind of a combination winning the league and doing well in the in the under twenty ones. So after after that you. Um... You caught the uh, attention of FC Copenhagen in Denmark. Um, 
I think you were around 23 years old when you moved to Denmark. There's, yeah. um, this is really interesting for us at the Finnish Football Show. We are, we're really interested in the way that young Finnish guys of your generation and also now are moving abroad and, and what age they go abroad. Obviously, you'd established yourself as number one in Hoyik or so. It was a natural progression for you to go abroad. But um, I just wanted to ask, was it easier to go to another Nordic nation or, or you, you obviously were excited to sign for FC Copenhagen, but you think that 23 years old was the, the right time for you to try yourself abroad? Um, yeah, that's another story because, uh, like like you said, I I already had I had played about one, two, three, four, five, four years in Hojiko and and playing in Veikkausliiga. After that season in '92, I thought that I might have a chance to move abroad because I I thought that I did as well as I could at the time. But this is oh gosh, how many years ago? Almost <laughs> thirty years ago. Uh, Times were different. Like we didn't have that many players playing in a good clubs in Europe. So now it's it's different. If you do well in the under 16s or 17s or 18s, if you're scoring goals or making a lot of saves, you can be guaranteed that some English club is going to be interested in you. It doesn't matter if you're from Finland or Holland or whatever. But at the time, I thought my chance has gone in '95 because I already played, like I said, four years in a Veikkausliiga, doing well. Uh, playing well for under 21s, and uh, I kind of I lost my hope. I I, I started my uh, studies as a physiotherapist and that sort of stuff. So the move from Helsinki to Copenhagen was a total surprise because it was one phone call from Mr. Perti Alaya, who sadly passed away now, yeah. and uh, he had played in Denmark and he had many, many connections in there. So he called me and said, "Listen, FC Copenhagen is looking for a goalkeeper like today." Because the the first just got injured and they have to get someone. And they asked, is there anyone in Finland who could do the job? And he, he mentioned my name and they kind of bought it. And 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 pretty much next day I moved there. Wow. So that was uh, when you said that the you know Copenhagen had you know watched me or whatever. I, I think it was more like Berti Alaya's recommendation more than anything else. And uh, the jump from Veikkausliiga to Denmark and FC Copenhagen wasn't the club it is today. It wasn't that massive, you know, it's arguably the biggest in, in, in Scandinavia at the moment. But that was back in 95 and they, I don't know, what's the word? Two clubs formed. Merged, yes. So they were kind of done, nobody expected to win any, any trophies or anything. Grönby was the club at the time in, in Denmark and still is a massive club. And uh, I thought that, you know, it would be easier to move abroad, but I moved. I was alone most of the time and, you know, the standard of the game was much better than in, in, in Vegas League. I was, my first six months, I, I, I said, you can, I, I can put my hand up. Of course, there was some good games in there, but too many bad games and, you know, the players were better. The strikers, when you had a chance, if you make a mistake, you know, you're guaranteed to get punished. and. And uh, I was kind of like lost a little bit, to be honest. I, I I wasn't feeling too sure, you know, living in a totally different country, not understanding the language, facing players that were far better than I'm used to. And uh, but that, that, then I only spent a year and a half. So my full season, the sec second season, that was better. 
and uh, you know things really went from there. Can I just go back to something you you said about about uh, the young players being picked up quite early nowadays? Nowadays, yeah. Yeah. What do you think about that? Do you do you think it's good to go and get experience like in the UK early, like some of the players going at 15, 16 or whatever, or would it be better to get more first team football in fin- in Finland before heading overseas? Uh, I don't think I have a right answer. It's a good question, and you hear that a lot. Um, depends on the person. You know, some people can be very mature when they're 16, 17, and some people like myself, for example, if I look back, I was a total kid when I was 16, 17, and, and uh, I don't think there's a one answer in that, but if you have to, if I have to choose, I would say that if you get a chance to move abroad from Finland when you're 15, 16, take it because uh, you can always come back. And if you don't try, you, you don't know. But I have to be a little bit boring. I don't have a, you know, probably the right answer for you at the moment. I think as a show, we our our, our team is is always a bit sad when you see somebody who's n- n- no particular names but somebody tearing up the Veikkaus Liga who then goes to the the German third division or something and you just think ah oh, mm. you know but but then obviously it's also a financial decision and and yeah as a kid I mean I'm I'm a I'm I grew up as a, a Wimbledon fan and a Fulham fan and we'll get on to Fulham in a little while I'm sure um but but as a Wimbledon fan seeing Marcus Force last year coming in and, and doing really well. And now this year, Jarko Oxenen is getting some time in the, in the team on loan. So it's, it's good to see these, these players actually getting out there on the, on the field as well. So, Antti, it sounds like, um, yeah, Parti really, really kicked things off for you and, uh, and, and helped you with that move to Copenhagen. And as you say, Copenhagen may not have been such a, uh, a massive club at that time. But um, your next move, you ended up at an institution that has been um, pretty much a, a massive club from day one. You, uh, you signed for Glasgow Rangers. Um, so during your time at Rangers, you, um, you shared goalkeeping duties with absolute greats such as Andy Gorham and, and Stefan Kloss. Um, do you feel that those guys, playing with those guys, that move helped you develop as a keeper, being around such great goalies? Yeah, of course. Um, that's another funny story how I ended up at Rangers. That was a pure fluke. I know I heard afterwards that Rangers came to Copenhagen to watch one of our midfielders. And <laughs> we had a League Cup semi final against Brøndby. And I still remember that game really well because one of the busiest games I've ever had. We, we could have lost 4 or 5 nil, but we managed to beat them, I think, 1 or, one or 2 nil. But I had a very good day. So I think they were watching that midfielder and then looking at Ooh, who is this goalkeeper. <laughs> I got by him as well, and and that mid- midfielder never moved to Rangers, but I ended up there because they were looking for uh, options, probably a younger options. Because Andy Gorham, like you said, he was there for my first season, but he was getting closer to ending his career. He had a, quite a few injuries already, and you know they were just looking ahead a little bit and. Uh, but then after my first season at Rangers, Walter Smith left the club and Dick Advogat came in and brought Stefan Kloss, who was a Champions League winner from Dortmund. So I'm not a wise man, but 
even I understood that, you know, I'm not necessarily going to play for next one or two years. So <laughs> learning curve, massive club, massive stars, wonderful people. When I played, um, it was quite a feeling to play at Ibrox in front of 52,000 people. So it was like, looking back, partly because of the luck, but all the steps I made kind of probably made me a better goalkeeper because I was in Finland, then Denmark was like, you know, better than Finland, the league and the players and the, the crowds, you could get 10,000, 20,000 people. And then going to Glasgow Ranger was like a world famous club with international stars. And so even if I only played like 20 something games, I learned a lot, not only on the pitch, but like overall being, a, being in a spotlight and being a part of the big, big club so yeah wonderful times and wonderful people i have to say scottish people are really <laughs> really lovely people i've um i've been lucky enough to uh, to attend a few rangers games myself in the past and uh, absolutely it's an amazing experience the the stadium the um the crowds it's just absolutely wonderful and yeah. um I've spoken to a few of my Rangers friends that, that told them that we were going to be talking to you and, and they all have fond memories of you. So you, uh, you must have done okay in those 20 or so games that you played. Yeah, there was only, the only game I would like to forget is the, the old firm, my only old firm who played away at Parkhead and we lost 5-1. Uh, not because of me, you know, they had a very good day and we had a poor day, but um, most of the time, you know, the games I played, I, you know, I did all right. So hopefully they don't think about me as a, this guy who lost five against Celtic, but they can remember the better games as well. So, for example, we played against Parma at the time in UEFA Cup. Yeah. I played both legs and we, I think we drew 1-1 one, one and lost 1-0 away or something. But playing against young Buffon and, you know, Nesta and Verona, players like that, there was, you know, fantastic memories. He must be also doing some good for uh, Glenn Kamara as well, playing up there mm. and playing in front of big crowds and doing well. And and his his development in Scotland is also sort of mirrored by his development in the in the Finnish national team as well. Yeah, yeah, he's he's. Uh, I like Glenn a lot. I think he's uh, he could play anywhere. Basically, he, he can he can. He's a he's a great guy. He's a young, down to earth young man. And also fantastic football and probably, you know, not mentioning any names, but, you know, he's one of the most important players we have in, in a Finnish squad. And he was a huge factor why we managed to, to qualify for the Euros for the first time in Finnish football history. Because just a, he's just a joy to watch and you sometimes see, think that why is some players better than others and he's got this funny movements and all he, he always is most of the time he's in the right place and then he can get past people and just operate in a tight spaces and we don't have too many players like that in Finland so he's a he's a big player for us. And I think one of those last two games in the in the Nations League I, I remember just watching and and thinking he's he's winning tackles, he's driving forward with the ball, mm. um he's and and he's got these these lovely passes. It, it's kind of a bit of everything that you want in the middle there. We're we're big fans of his. Yeah, he's a great player. But if Glenn, if you're watching, learn to strike the ball. You have to score sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll clip that and we'll get it. We'll get that 
out yeah. to him and make sure he sees the uh, <laughs> sees the message. <laughs> so um, I want to talk a little bit about your time in the in the national team, Anthony. You um, you were the first choice goalie for Finland for for 10, 10 years. Um, I think you had some some big gloves to fill after um, Oli Huttonen uh, gave up national team duties and 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 you moved in. Um, how was how was it to be in the squad with another fabulous Finnish goalkeeper, Jussi Askelin? And um, I was interested to hear about that dynamic. Were you guys friends or rivals, or did you push each other to to become better goalies? Obviously, you know it was there was some time where you were number one, and then Jussi was number one. And I don't know if that was down to injuries or, but how was the dynamic? It was good. We never had any problem whatsoever. Um, Sometimes you hear these stories from, especially from the national teams, like, you know, in a big countries when all the, you know, three or four goalkeepers are massive, like playing for massive clubs and they all think that they should be number ones and they're big egos and all that. And uh, we never had any, we never had any problems whatsoever. You see, it's totally different for me as a person. He's more, more on the background and not quiet, but more, He's probably wiser than me, or you know, but he's, he's a different character, and uh, and uh, I I think that probably over the years when he was playing for Bolton and he was regarded as one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League, and I was playing for Hearts in Scotland and still playing for the Finnish national team, so I wouldn't blame him if he sometimes thought that what's going on here, like you know, <laughs> but you know most of the time I did well for Finland and there wasn't you know, any, any reasons to, to make any, you know, change the goalkeeper, but definitely he, you know, any other era, he would have played 100 caps for Finland. He was such a wonderful goalkeeper and the career he had is just uh, second to none. He's, you know, unbelievable goalkeeper and unbelievable career. But yeah, we're friends. If we see each other, we, we, we talk. Uh, I haven't seen him for ages. It would be nice to have a you know, a beer with him or coffee or whatever and, and just talk about football now that we both finished playing football. So different characters, different personalities, but, you know, we got along really well. Yeah. Keke, did you see play at West Ham at the end of his career? He did. He had a, a few good seasons. Sam Allardyce brought him to West Ham, um, where I was a season to get holder. Once yeah, surprisingly, Sam Allardyce brought him to yeah. West Ham. <laughs> Nobody right. saw that coming. <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah. I was like, oh, my God. How did, how did this happen? So, uh, yeah, well, that you, you told us there about, about how your relationship with Yussi, but we've speaking to you, Anthony, about your feeling for the national team. How was it to just pull on that shirt and, and play in Finland for, for your national side? You, you mentioned earlier that you come up through the ranks, you played all your junior football for, for the national team, but it, the feeling when you, when you made to the first team, it still must have been pretty special. Yeah. I played my first senior national team back in 92, but that was just a one friendly game. And then around 95, I became number one, 95, 96. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a very patriotic person anyway. I'm very proud to be uh, from Finland and uh, playing for the national team. Is, you know, it's just uh, probably all the players around the world who play for their country will say the same thing that quite a proud moment because uh, there's a lot of good footballers out there, a lot of great goalkeepers who never played for Finland and 
play for Finland for 67 times in the senior level and over 100 times in, you know, when you think about all the levels, it's, uh, I don't know, it's probably not the wrong thing to say, but I'm very proud of myself that I managed to do that. So. Yeah, you should be. So, um, I believe that in your last season there, Rangers won the treble, but as you touched on, you moved on to part of Midlothian and mm. um, you pretty much cemented yourself in what, what was the best team in Scotland outside of the old firm. I mean, at that mm. time, Hearts were, were um, qualifying for, for European competition, I believe, and, and keeping right up behind the old firm. Did, did you enjoy your time in Edinburgh also? That's an understatement. Like I said before, like I, I love Scotland, I love the Scottish people and the football and everything, but that was, for some reason, that two and a half years I was there, it was like, I don't know what's the word, it was like magic, like I, I think it's an awful thing to say, but I, I can't really remember a bad game. <laughs> it was just that everything went, went well, like mm -hmm. everything. We had a good team. When I joined the club, I think it was November, 99 yeah and uh, the hearts was ninth in the league and we ended up being third and then same thing next year we ended up being third and you have to remember there's two leagues in scotland you know obviously rangers said they get a time and then you know hearts hips aberdeen maybe dundee united at the time yeah. clubs like that livingston had a good spell but we we ended up third in both both years and i don't know i just I, I miss that time. Like, you know, I don't, I don't really miss football that much. Like, you know, that was my previous life and, and now it's now and I'm, I'm having a good life. But, you know, my, my daughter was born in, in Glasgow back in 99 and then we, we lived for the, her first two years, two and a half years in, in Edinburgh. So it's like, like great memories all together. And, you know, I, I just the football was brilliant. I was feeling myself. I, I felt that I'm really important part of the team, and and they were, you know, the fans liked me, and so yeah, we went to Edinburgh a few years ago. We spent Christmas there, and you know, it's just the walking around and looking at the stadium and watching Hearts play, and you know, I'm really, like I said, I don't really miss football, but that two and a half three years is really special period in my in my time. Yeah, it's a. Uh... It's it's Edinburgh is a beautiful city as well, so I imagine it was um, it was a really nice place to have those first few years with your with your family. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful place. We really like like my wife, and you know she enjoyed it. And and uh, like you said, Edinburgh is like uh, you know there there are some cities and places in UK that are not necessarily pleasant to your eye, <laughs> and not you wouldn't go and spend your holiday in there. But Edinburgh is really really lovely place yeah so um but after that i think you were in hearts for two and a half three years but then you yeah. made the switch to the, the english premier league when you joined southampton yeah was, um was it always a dream of yours to play in england and how did you find the standard of the strikers in the english premier league was that again a another step up for you yeah of course it was but then again i I always said the same thing, but like I thought I, I dreamt about it because I was doing really well in the Scottish Premier League, but I was 30 at the time already. So I kind of thought like, you know, maybe, maybe I won't get a chance. Like, you know, there's some great goalkeepers in Premier League, you know, where to go. You look at squads and you think I'm not necessarily ever going to play there. But when I had the phone call from Craig Levine, who was the manager at the time at Hearts, 
and he told me that the club has accepted an offer from Southampton. I just, you know, said thank you. I love you, Craig. I had one fantastic relationship, but I I want to go. And he understood 100% like, he, you know, I wanted to test myself. Scottish League is better than people think, but, you know, Premier yeah. League at the time, and still, still you face the best players. So it was it was a test. But then again, after playing a few games, you kind of, somebody asked me at the time, because I started really well, I had some, you know, good games, and they were like, you know, is it you know is it harder to play in 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 England? And I, I for some reason I it was easier to you know the, the defenders were doing exactly the right things and the strikers were doing exactly the right things and sometimes in Scotland it was like end to end like long balls and yeah. physical fighting and whatever and and in England it was like more like I could read the game better than I did in in Scotland so it's kind of of course it was harder the, the strikers were better but at the same time, it was quite a more structured game, and you could kind of like, well, you could see what was coming next. So, yeah, so, uh, so brilliant. It was, I remember my first game when I faced uh, Peter Schmeichel, and he was like my idol, still is, he's the best ever. And I, I probably played about five or six games for in a Premier League at the time, and then walking into a tunnel, and Peter Schmeichel was next to me, and I thought. You made it some. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on the same pitch with Peter Smythe. So it was like brilliant. And playing against, you know, Thierry Andres, David Beckham, Ronaldo, Alan Shearer. Like it was like, wow, what am I doing here? But <laughs> it went okay. It, 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 well, it, it went more than okay. You, um, you helped Southampton to the FA Cup final in, in 2003, but um, sadly you were injured during the game and, uh, and had to leave the field. Um, I believe Southampton had a, a couple of other first-team players were out with injury that day. Also, and Arsenal sneaked away with a um, with a one-nil win. The, obviously, you you must have some some sad memories of that day, having to leave the field. But um, it must have been so great to walk out on a you know it's every every young boy in England's dream to lead his team out in the in an FA Cup final. Yeah, of course. The whole the week before the cup final was unbelievable. Like. You know all the media attention and all that, and we had a good season in the league as well. And you know, just making it to FA Cup final as well, it was like very good season. And uh, but you said that I got injured in a game. Yes, kind of. But I was actually going into a surgery after that game, and I was like, I had an injection before the game to numb the pain in my knee. Yeah. And the doctor doctor told me that like, like Auntie, if this was a regular league game, you would be out. I said I understand, but I. You have to realize that this is a cup final. I am gonna play, do something, and I said that there's risks involved when you, you know, when you put the needle in your knee to take the pain away. Body acts funnily, you know, compensate somewhere, and you know, yeah. I didn't feel any pain. But then, out of the blue, like taking a goal kick, a goal kick after 67 minutes or whatever, I was feeling fine. I was having a good game, and I was feeling fine, and then just kicked the ball, and calf went like snap. So. Bit of irritating, but I knew that it, you know it might be possible. And you said that I have a bad memories. No, I don't. It was a fantastic day. I did well when I was playing, and you know, just uh, you know, knowledge that some there was a risk, and I was going to surgery anyway after the game. So I'm very grateful for the manager. 
and the doctor that you know they let me play on the day. So um, during your time at the club, Southampton became uh, a team to be reckoned with in the Premier League. They um, they had some again and again finishing in the top half, and there was the um, in I think it was 2003 2004 season. There was the the memorable double over Liverpool in which yeah. you. Um, you saved the Michael Ener Michael Owen penalty in a two 0 home win. Did mm. you um, did you study Michael Owen at all? Or did you just instinctively save that penalty? What are your memories from that? Yeah, I, I don't. There's a lot of games. A lot. Most of the games you don't really remember. If you if you tell me that I played in Slovakia back in '99 and we we drew one one with Finland, I have I have no. <laughs> Just an example, I have no memories whatsoever. I don't know who scored and how the game went and how we got there, like, you know, but that, that, that's one game that I remember really well, because especially because Sami Hupia was playing for Liverpool and he's very competitive and he's a good friend of mine and we played against each other. He was always like, if we did beat Liverpool, he was like angry for a week and then he sent me a text saying that sorry, Ante was being, I was being a bit of an ass, but you know, you are, it hurts when we lose. I was like, yeah, fine, Sami. <laughs> But uh, that was the game that uh, we didn't play badly, but Liverpool was really good and we could have lost the game. You know, we went 1-0 up and then it was like one way for, for quite a good spell. And then they had the penalty and everybody thought, OK, this is turning point. They score from here and then probably go and win the game. And uh, I didn't, uh, I hardly ever saved any penalties. Like I, in Scotland, I had some League Cups, you know, quarterfinals against some team up north that, you know, they had like 100 people on the stands and we went to penalties and we always lost. I, 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 I never saved any penalties. But that game, like, you know, a pure guess. Pure guess, I just felt that, you know, we have to go left or right. And <laughs> I went the right way and, you know, it wasn't, to be honest, it was a poor penalty from, from Norway. It was a good height and, you know, but anyway, it felt good. And then we went and scored 2-0 and won the game. So. Happy days. Yeah. So uh, eventually Southampton slipped away and were relegated in. And in January 2006, you signed for Fulham for just over a million pounds, I think. Um, Mark will get excited about this bit now we start to mention Fulham. It's something I know, I, I know something about. Yeah. <laughs> Fulham, Fulham have had their fair share of um, Finnish players. I think last time I counted, there'd been seven through, um, through Craven Cottage over the years. Um, most recent, I think, was Jesse Joronen, who, was, who was, uh, yeah. was there a little while ago. But um, was it an easy decision for you to move to Southwest London? And how do you remember how that transfer came about and your time there in Fulham? Yeah, I remember it. We, like you said, we, we got relegated and that was an awful feeling after two really good seasons. But the third one was really poor from everybody. You know, Gordon Strachan left and we didn't perform, me included. So we got relegated, and uh, that's a horrible feeling, unbelievably embarrassing. And and then I started my season in a championship, and uh, we had a decent team, you know, winning games, drawing, whatever. But that wasn't my league, to be honest. Like you know, it was much more at the time, at least, much more physical and straightforward, and you know, direct balls and battling in the box. And I was I was tiny for a goalkeeper, and then you're facing like. All the strikers, it felt like all the strikers were like six foot four and just full of muscle. And yeah, exactly. So I had some good games there as well. I, I remember I just felt that I was with my qualities, I was struggling more than I was in the, in the Premier League. It sounds 
stupid, but that's how I felt. And, and then Fulham came about, and uh, of course, because I had fun memories with the Southampton and good relationship with the fans, and you know, it was my my club kind of like I felt good in there. And, and uh, my son was born in there, and you know, just but when you had a chance to when you tasted the Premier League for two and a two and a half years, and then you get another shot to go and play Premier League, then of course you take it. Like, you know, it's a non-brainer. Sad feelings, but grateful at the, at the same time that somebody's going to give you a chance to go back in the Premier League and, and play in a Premier League club. And good times, good times. So, um, it was, uh, I mean, it's, it's quite often said that um, goalkeepers mature a little later than, than outfield players and they can have goalkeepers can have longer careers but it seems that you've you've your career has really been an upward trajectory and um, and you know you managed to you managed to keep playing for, for all of those years did you were you lucky with injuries you obviously mentioned that you had a couple but you kept yourself so fit to keep going <laughs> yeah kept yourself fit uh, yeah you're right that I, I never had any major injuries like most of the players struggle when they have to be out for a year or eight months or whatever like you know the cruciate ligaments are bad you know something horrible can happen I've seen that like Achilles tenders nothing and whatever I never had any massive injuries like I had a lot of small surgeries like but they were like two or three weeks or whatever Not, nothing really big that stopped mm. me playing or training for for a year or whatever. And uh, but the last season at Fulham, I was. This is back in is it two thousand? I have to count two thousand five six, whatever two thousand eight or whatever it was seven or eight. And uh, yeah, so like I said, I never had any massive injuries. But the, the last ten months when I was playing before I stopped playing football. I never enjoyed the football going on a training pitch. I was always hurting. There was an Achilles tendon, swollen Achilles tendon, or, or shoulder needed an injection or something. I was just feeling it wasn't fun. It's a horrible feeling going to a training, you know, training center, put your gear on and walk on the pitch. And you feel like, oh my God, it's going to take another 45, 60 minutes before I even get started. And that was quite a contrast because I never had that feeling over 20 years. So I kind of knew at the end that, you know, this is it. And then I heard my wrist that I needed an operation, uh, which would have taken me at least six months. And at the same time, Mark Schwartz, who was, you know, a fantastic goalkeeper, came to the club. And I was closing end of my career, uh, my contract. So we just made a, a gentleman's deal that, you know, I was always, more or less, always, apart from Rangers, at my time with Rangers, I was always the number one goalkeeper. Never, it was never guaranteed, but I, you know, I, I knew and I felt that if I, if I stayed fit and played well, I would play. And uh, I knew that Schwartz comes in, I'm coming back from injury, maybe in six months' time, you know, time to say goodbye yeah. when we're still in good terms. So that was the thing. Mm. So as I as I mentioned before, if we go back to the national team, you were first choice goalie for ten years, and um, as you said, you made your your first national team appearance before you actually cemented yourself as the number mm. one. So I think your national team career spanned fifteen years in total. Um, mm. 
despite being in such a talented team with, with some amazing household names, for, especially for us in England, there were many Finns playing in the yeah, Premier yeah. League. Somehow, somehow you guys never made it to a major tournament. But mm. um, I remember the, the excellent 2002 World Cup qualifying campaign where Finland came third in a tough group behind Germany and England. There mm. were some great results during that campaign. Uh, can you tell us your memories from that campaign? And also, what do you feel about the current crop of Finland players and they, those guys actually uh, finally qualifying for a major tournament? Yeah. Yeah, we had a really, looking back, we had a really good team. We had obviously Jari Littmanen and Sami Hyypiä being the biggest stars, like even in a world football, they were like massive names. And, and then we had like, even like uh, our average players were playing like for Crystal Palace and PSV Eindhoven and, you know, and such. And it was, uh, it's, it's a bit of a mystery for me why we never qualified, but that's, you know, you have to respect the game and the results and we weren't good enough, you know. It's very difficult when you have Germany in the same group or England, you know, it's yeah. even if we had a good team, like, you know, you have to be realistic. And But we had some like uh, individual games that we did really well. We went to Germany and drew with them and did the same with uh, England in, in Helsinki and beat Turkey away or Switzerland away, but never really had a consistent run of good results to, to reach the finals. And, and that's how it went, you know, that's what we deserved. And the current players are, we are very, very different at, at the time, uh, at the moment, because we don't really have like massive stars. I, I, I know the people, you know, like Lukas Sadecki playing in a Bundesliga and being regarded one of the best goalies in, in Bundesliga. Teemu Pukki had a, over the last couple of years scored a lot of goals for Norwich and, you know, Kamara playing for Rangers, but it's a very, it feels different, like there's no massive names and then poor players. They're very at the same level as, as you know, as a, they respect each other and as, a, as footballers and as a persons as well, because the team spirit is like now being on the coaching staff, you know, just look, you know what, you know, I'm not that old. I know what people, players <laughs> are doing and how they behave and there's always egos and all that. But I, I can honestly say that this is probably the best. And I'm thinking myself, like even in a, in a club level or national team, looking at those players and how they do things together and how they support each other and how they demand from each other. That's it's the best team spirit I've probably ever seen. And you need that when you're playing for Finland because you're not gonna outplay, you know, Italy's and England's and you know, pass the ball better than run faster than somebody else you have to have some sort of basic elements that you can success and, and do well and and you know it's it's been said a lot of times over the last year now that we're qualified but that's definitely one of the biggest strengths but that's to have a good team spirit and good personalities that's obviously not going to be enough and you have to give some credit to uh, mark Kanerva as well he's done a very good job as a coach you know and it helps for, for Marco Canerva that he knows most of these players from, you know, since they were 16, 17, 18, yeah. and he kind of grew up with them. And, and that shows, and, and also he's a very hardworking coach. We spend a lot of, like, players are complaining sometimes, oh my God, they were watching videos again. And we, you know, <laughs> at least they know exactly what we want from them. And they know the, the opponent inside out through the video clips. 
And I always say that, you know, don't say anything because I've seen these already like four hours before you did. And we watched these videos for two hours and picked the clips and, you know, so stop talking, just watch and enjoy. Like, you know, but he, that what I meant by like hardworking uh, as a coach, as a, in modern football, when you have these tools that you can spy on, on opponents and analyze your own game, Marco likes to do that. And, you know, it's, it's paid off big time. I, I have a theory yes. uh, about Roy Hodgson. Uh, when when he was Finland manager, Finland was at one of its strongest sort of yeah. periods in, in your your era, and and also uh, Fulham, West Brom, and now Crystal Palace. Uh, that that he the way he manages these maybe underdog teams that he get the, the way he trains them and gets them. I guess well drilled on the he's 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 kind of renowned for for lots of drills on training grounds so that everyone knows what they're doing on on match day. Um, in a in a club environment, I understand that. Was he able to do the same thing in the national team, or did he? Yeah, actually, I I had stopped for Finland when he came. Uh, like you know, I was like uh, ah okay end of my my career in a in a in a Finnish national team. So, but I always were in his squad for for a few times and and. Uh, saw what we what we was about and and uh, he he is in many ways he's very similar to Marco Canerva because he's an old fox you know he's been around for a few years you know he's seen a lot of different cultures and but he's got a very strong mentality and very strong idea how he wants his team to play and one story sums it up and uh, when he came to Fulham we were struggling big time like we were going down and he took over and uh, Week after week, training after training, we did the same drills, like, you know, starting from the back, he was walking players on the pitch, like, your striker, when he's got the ball, you go there. When you got the ball, that's your first option. And we went through millions and millions of times, and some of the players were like, you know, you know, these trainings are very similar and all that, and we never play five aside at the end, you know, the, you know what the players are thinking. And, <laughs> and uh, then after one training, he pulled everybody together in a dressing room. So was it side of the pitch? I can't remember. Anyway, everybody in. And he said, listen, players, I know. I've been around for a long time. I'm an old man. I know what you're thinking at the moment. I, I know that you're moaning. I don't give up. Because when you start winning games and we are in a mid-table, feeling comfortable, then we play five-a-side. Then we can have games where it finishes 8-6 and everybody's enjoying it and scoring goals. And, you know. But before we do that, we learn these basic things. And what happened? At the end, on the last day, yeah, good result, and we stayed up. Yeah, it's interesting. Interesting that you you see the similarity uh, because the way you were talking about Marco Canova was the, that he has that that he works with the team and that he has the level of preparation. Maybe the methods are slightly different, but it's yeah. a similar mentality, yeah. like you like you said. So, Ante, you you obviously know the current Finland squad really well through your work as um, goalkeeping coach there, and, and you you. Obviously, you you know the the goalies even 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 better. So um, we we want to know why why does Finland continue to produce such great goalies? It's like um, the list is 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 pretty long. It's um, you know we've got Oli Huttonen from back in the day. Yourself, Jussi Askelainen, who we mentioned. There was Peter yeah. Enkelman, who also played in Premier League, and then yeah. we've had current crop of Radetzky, Jesse Jurinen. Hugo Ketto, who is um, up and coming as well. He's had his a few games in Arsenal, I think, and um, now doing well back in Hoyi Kor. So uh, 
is this is this all down to your strategy or what, what's the what's the the um the secret behind that yeah, Ansi Akkola, Nikki Mäenpä played in England, uh, in yeah. Scotland. Uh, then we have a number of goalkeepers who played in, in Norway, Sweden. Like We have produced some good goalkeepers. I, I, good question. I don't know. I think it must be one of the bigger fa biggest factors must be that uh, the Finnish, like uh, our personality fits well into goalkeeping. <laughs> you know, sometimes you see these goalkeepers, you know, all over the world, like you know, when they lose a goal, they kick the goalposts, and they always like reacting like massively to different things. And I think it helps being in a goal in, in playing in goals. It's like you know you have to be quite steady personality, not only on the match day, but like also on training pitch. Like and that fits also to a Finnish footballers overall. I think we are, you know, pretty hardworking, down to earth. You know, we don't have big e egos or anything like that. It's just uh, it re reflects how Finnish people are and behave. But otherwise, I don't really, because we never like, I look back in the back to the 70s when I was a kid, 80s, 90s, 90s, I was playing at the highest level in Finland. I never had a goalkeeping coach until I was 20 something. Like, I was just a playing in goals and, you know, doing whatever I felt best. Thankfully now, over the last, I would say, 10 years, there's more structure and we, we had some really talented and, and professional people working in the, you know, goalkeeping coaching department and, you know, teaching younger coaches and all that. So that it's much more organized and we have some things that we feel that kids need to be taught and all that. But why? Any Finnish goalkeeper who's like at the, today who's like over 35, I managed to make a career in uh, abroad. I can't really think of any any good reasons. <laughs> it sounds funny, but like you know, yeah, just, uh, hard work, good no. personality, can handle pressure, works hard. That's it. I think I think you're really right, and especially as you mentioned that that attitude, especially with this current national team, goes right throughout the team, you know. There's no huge egos, everybody's working together. And I think that is, we can say that that is a, a Finnish mentality. So yeah. I think you're, you're really spot on there. Um, one other thing I, I wanted to ask you about your career is that I know that I, we hear a lot in England that footballers have a lot of superstitions. And I've, I've, I've had a look over your career and You've had many, many squad numbers. I've, I've, I've seen 13, 26, 14, 29. Are you, are you not precious about your number at all? Because we talked about Jaskalainen before, and, and I always remember him being 22. He even wore 22 in national team a couple of times, mm -hmm. I think. But yeah. so are I you... had a jersey hanging out on his knees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, about the squad numbers, there's no logic whatsoever. If he, all the moves I made, from Hojiko to Copenhagen, it was the middle of the season, so obviously the certain numbers were occupied. Glasgow Rangers was the only place I went, but number one jersey belonged to a guy called Andy. The goalie. Hart, yes. Hearts transfer, middle of the season. Yeah. Southampton, middle of the season. Fulham, middle of the season. So I just took whatever. So no superstitious there. I didn't pick any. I just look at the what's left and then thought that 
that might look all right on the back of my. <laughs> yeah. That's the reason why. But no superstar. I was quite of a. I, I never had any like I had to do something before the game, so I, I just went and played. And <laughs> but there were there were a lot of players that were scarily superstitious. Like you know, you were thinking like, yeah, you really think that's gonna help you play better? Like you know, some funny stories over the years. Yeah. So um, finally, Antti, we were. Can you tell us of your hopes for Finnish football for the future? Not just the national team at the Euros when we finally get to um, get to play those, but also growing the game in Finland and among young Finnish boys and girls. Um, we see that, you know, I hate to say it, but we can look to countries like Iceland who have really invested in some infrastructure and on a national level decided that, okay, this is what we're going to do. And I think Finland has maybe followed suit a little bit and this Euro qualification is going to do absolute wonders for growing our sport in, in the country. But can you just outline for us your hopes and, and dreams for the football in Finland? Yeah, uh, I think, like you said, we're in a good way at the moment. Like, you know, people, there are a lot of people working really hard to make Finnish football better. And we can see, like, if you look at our national teams, like youth teams now, there are more and more talented, good players coming through. Like, you know, I was just talking about it with someone, I think it was yesterday, the day before, yesterday. I was talking with my friend who was playing football until he was like 18 and then stopped and we're still good friends. And he just asked me the same question, like, what, how does it look at the moment? What, like, you know, when you look at the younger ones, is it, is it better than, you know, when we were playing? And I said exactly the same thing. I said, there's more numbers, like much more talent. Nobody knows if they're ever going to play for a national team or move abroad and have a good career in a professional footballer. But like potential is there and it's like the, the numbers are growing all the time. And that comes down to uh, <laughs> that comes down to the fact that um, it's just the hard work. And I think you know, people who are working for the FA at the moment, there's some good wise people who think who know that you have to do certain things by certain structure to produce good players. So it's not gonna be like you have Yari Litmanen once in 50 years or, or Jussi Askelainen coming through the ranks and having great, great like professional career. We are doing like, and the clubs are doing a lot better than, you know, even 10, 15 years ago. If I've known some, some of the younger coaches now and, and I look at them and I see some brilliant passion in there, like they, they dedicated their lives to make young footballers better. Like they are more and more and more those those people. So no tricks. I'm not dreaming about anything. I know that we are going into the right direction and getting into the European finals, it's obviously going to, a lot of kids are going to watch Finland qualifying and playing for the Euros, hopefully next year, and think that anything is possible. Even if I'm from Finland and for six months of the year, it's dark and snowy and miserable, we can still produce players who are playing in a, in a, in a European finals or whatever. And uh, I just see that it's, that's the way to go forward. And, but already you have to remember that the, the um, if you look at the, any sports in Finland, uh, football is already the biggest one. We have biggest numbers like from any sports, but un unfortunately, I love sports like any sports, but unfortunately we have some, you know, strong other sports as well, like ice hockey, for example, you yeah. know, in Italy, in Italy and Spain, they don't have to worry about the ice hockey. Like they all want to play football. So we have facing a little bit of competition, <clears> but 
we are going the right direction and, and things are only get better. But at the time, you have to be realistic and realize that we are not necessarily going to qualify for every major tournament. That's, that's, the, that's the fact. I'm sorry. Because these countries who are doing well at the moment and who stand well over the 100 years, like Germany, Holland, England, they are also you know, making wise decisions all the time and thinking how, how they can be better and, and so on. So it's a tough sport. If, if you want to be a Finnish football fan, you know, you're in for a ride because there's no guarantees, like, you know, but we love it. Yeah. Yeah, KK. It's not, it's not all about getting on the pitch and holding Tim Sparv up in the air. No, That's not every year, you know. <laughs> That's true. Not, not, not every year, but, you know, we, uh, we'll, we'll hold on to that one for the moment and see, see where we go. <laughs> I think the hardest thing over the 100 years, I think that the best thing that happened with this qualifying for the Euros is that we finally, just the first time, we finally made it. So hopefully in coming years, it's going to be easier for some, some people. So that's the biggest thing. Qualifying yeah. for the first time. And, and Finnish people always get behind their national team when they're doing well at something, whatever the sport is. So if the national team does well, well, even getting to the Euros is doing well, then they, the whole yeah. country will follow and we'll be talking about it. And hopefully it encourages them to get down to yeah. their local clubs and you get a bit of an increase yeah, yeah, in the yeah. Bakehouse Liga as well. That's exactly. Nice. Good point. So, Antti, we know that you're, um, you, you're watching the clock because you have some another important meeting after this one. But just before you go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for your time. Um, I know that you've been, um, we've been talking, we've been talking via the social media for, for quite some time to get this done. So I really appreciate you taking the time for, to speak to us. Um, but you've been really busy with your, your business commitments as well as the, um, the national team. Do you want to tell us what you've been up to with your sports shot and, and what, the, um, what the situation is with that? Yeah, about two and a half years ago, me and my friend had a crazy idea to start producing products or now we have four. It's a long story, but we started with the, with the like, uh, beetroot shot, which is a regular thing in Spain or England. Players drink that because beetroot shot, they include nitrates and that makes certain things in human body and blah, 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 blah. If I knew two years ago how much hard work and how many kilometers on, on the car and how much time and, and maybe money it would take, I'm not sure if I jumped into this chance, but things are looking good at the moment. We, we had some you know, big markets taking our products, and, and, but it's a slow, it's like football, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. And, That's it. And we're, we're in a good way, and I'm really excited about it because the reason I wanted to, I always felt like, when I was playing football and now I've been coaching that when I die and five seconds before I die, I close my eyes and I think, what have I done with my life? Great family, decent footballing career, but really everything you've done in your life has been in some way related to football. So I wanted to try something totally different and, and go out from my comfort zone and maybe learn some new stuff and try and build something. And uh, yeah, it's a, uh, Definitely a challenge at the moment and hard business, but enjoying it and, and it's looking really good. Good. Well, we, we wish you all the luck with that. And you can, those five seconds before you um, pop off to heaven, you can, uh, you can be safe in the knowledge that you've given us lots of pleasure watching you save, make all those saves on the football pitch. So you can, uh, you can relax with that one. But once again, Antti, kitos. And um, make sure you say 
hello to Rive and all those other guys from the Finnish Football Show when you join your next meeting. I will. That will be on Monday. Lovely. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Moika. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. Yep, yep, yep.